So in this book, the world has somehow have figured out how to tell people when they're dying and like let them know before they're dying, which is a scary as shit premise. They both die at the end by Adam Silvera, follows Rufus and Mateo as they both get the call that they will die by the end of the day. And the two of them connect to live their last days together to the fullest. And even though you know what's going to happen, you get really sucked into the story and it's really good and sad and they're so interesting as characters and it still is a mystery to like how they're going to die, when they're going to die. Obviously, like, you know, you think you know they're going to die towards the end of the book, but it could come earlier, you know, like there's all this mystery and it's really interesting how everything intersects and the world is very connected because it's set in New York City, so you wouldn't think that like all these characters would be running into each other and influencing each other's lives because it's such a big city, but they do. And it's very interesting to see that dynamic and see how that plays out. And even though the premise scares me, like I would not know when I'm going to die. If this ever becomes a real thing, I would do my best to avoid it. Like I did, no, it is a really good book and I loved it and I'm super excited to talk about it. Books, TV, music, and movies, all things that make a big impact on everyone. I'm constantly gushing about my latest read to anyone who will listen, so I figured I'd turn my rambling into something coherent that people will actually listen to, which means no tuning out halfway through. I'm Maya Ghosh, and this is my take. we're going to start with a little bit on the writing and in the writing we get a lot of different points of view like I was prepared for Mateo and Rufus's point of view but we also get the point of view of the Plutos and Peck and Lydia and a lot of other people who are like very minor characters in the story but actually like have a big deal and a big role to play even though they're very minor in like the grand scheme of things and a couple of them you know like Rufus and Mateo never even interact with or they interact with very minorly or they interact without knowing and so it's very interesting and like I said in the intro it's very cool because New York City is such a big city but it just shows how like little things make impacts on people's lives even when you don't know them and so it's really really cool that we got to see all the different points of views and like it created this fuller narrative because instead of it just being Rufus and Mateo living their last days it was this story about people and humanity in the world interacting and it was very cool because of that and also the writing was just really good too because Mateo and Rufus had very distinct narration styles which was cool and you could kind of tell whose point of view you were reading from between the two of them if you forgot just based on how they were talking and stuff and so it was really cool that from an author who typically like narration styles differ a little but it's not that big of a difference they were very definitely distinct and it was cool to see that. So now, moving on to the plot, we start with Mateo getting the call, and initially he thinks it's the wrong number because the operator says the wrong name, but no, it is actually him, and he's trying to get himself, like, out of the apartment so he can live, but he's deathly afraid, and I would be too. I'm pretty sure if I got the call, I would call all my friends and I'd be like, uh, just come over and hang out with me, and we're gonna have, like, one last day together, like, hanging out with people and stuff, because I 
would be too scared to leave my house and do things, I think. Like, I would definitely be Mateo in this situation. And it sucks that he thinks it's the wrong person because the operator says the wrong name. Like, Jesus Christ, at least say the right name. Like, you're... And we get that operator's point of view, and she's very insensitive about this. And I'm like, bro, I get that it's a hard job, but still, I was very mad at her for doing that. And then we see Deathcast calling Rufus as he's beating Pack up, which sucks. And we learn that Rufus and Mateo are very young. Rufus is only 17, Mateo's 18. And Rufus is in foster care because he lost his sister and parents in an accident together. And just, like, learning, we see the accident as a flashback later on. And, like, the fact that three of the four of them in that family got the call, like, I would not survive if I was Rufus, if, like, my parents got the call and I didn't, like, on the same day, I would, oh my god, like, I, and he was in the car, too, and managed to, like, the survivor's guilt, I would not be able to handle it, you know, like, they would, I would get the call the next day, because I'm pretty sure I would not, like, be able to survive, I'd die of guilt, anyways, then, uh, we see Mateo returning to bed, and Rufus calls Amy, who says that she'll meet up with him, even though they broke up, obviously, because it's his last day, and, like, you still care about them as a person and stuff, and then, Mateo keeps finding reasons to stay in the apartment and as he's doing this he submits like the engraving and I love that that comes back around too and it's not just like this one-off thing and then through Mateo we learn about last friend in Necro and Necro is just tinder but with dying people and you have to pay eight dollars which like why like it's just why no (laughs) like I didn't like the idea of Necro and then we learn that there was a last friend serial killer at one point which like makes sense like I like that that detail was added in because you would think like the ramifications of this technology like I'm sure people would use it to like commit murders and so I was glad that they threw in this detail and it was like a small detail it didn't come back like nobody got killed by the last friend serial killer but it was an interesting detail because it like pointed out like yes we're acknowledging the ramifications of the software which was very cool and then Mateo joins last friend and Amy shows up to Pluto with fucking Peck why she thinks to bring Peck, I don't know. She knows it's Rufus's last day. Why don't you just let him off? Like, why do you have to bring Peck and freak out? And if you want to freak out on Rufus for beating up Peck, fine. But do it without Peck. Like, I don't know why she brought Peck. I was very mad at her for that. And then we see Mateo going through last friends. And the first few are definitely terrible. And then Rufus has his funeral. And fucking Peck calls the cops on him on his own fucking funeral. Like, what the hell? Like, this is partly Amy's fault, because why the fuck did you bring Peck? And then, Peck, what the fuck? Like, why do you have to- He's dying. He literally is dying. You want him to spend his last hours in a jail cell? No, like, fuck off. I was so mad, because his guys get cut short. And then he has to run at the back, and he gets his bike. And he sees that graffiti advertising last friends. So he joins, and him and Mateo connect, and Rufus agrees to pick him up, so Mateo will actually leave his apartment. And then we see Andrea, the death cast caller's point of view, which it's interesting seeing what she does. It's obviously weird and I don't like her, but it's interesting to see that point of view again because she's such a small role, but such a significant role because she makes the call to Mateo, but she is such a minor character, but we see her point of view and I like that we saw her point of view. And then we see Malcolm and Togo getting arrested to give Rufus more time to escape, and then they break down about not really getting a goodbye with him, which fucking sucks, because 
it's his last day and he had to run from the cops and like I I literally I no I I hated this like sometimes the other point of views were interesting and sometimes I was like this fucking sucks because this is just their friends being really sad about the fact that they're dying and then Rufus goes and picks up Mateo and Mateo insists they bury the dead bird and Rufus is like shit like Mateo's too good of a person I loved that I love him he was like Mateo's too good of a person and then they take the subway to the hospital to see Mateo's dad and Rufus gets in the party car but Mateo doesn't and then we see Amy's point of view about letting Peck walk away because she's mad he called the cops which like obviously I'm glad she came to her senses but this would not have happened if you did not bring him to Rufus's funeral so it's a little bit your fault and then we have Rufus uh talking Mateo's way into the hospital to visit his dad and Mateo says his goodbyes which is really really sad but like there's no but it's sad and then they give the homeless guy a lot of money, which is really nice. And then we get a Delilah's point of view, which a Delilah in New York City, you know, hey there, Delilah, what's it like in New York City? Um, that just made me laugh for no reason, really. And then she gets the call, but she thinks it's a prank from her ex-fiance because she ended their engagement last night and her ex-fiance works for Deathcast. So she is like, oh, this was just a prank. And I was like... Like, bold move, girl, for convincing yourself it's a prank because, like, I would not. If I got that call, I'd take it fucking serious, even if she thought it was a prank, you know? And that arc was actually very interesting to see and see how it came around. I was not expecting it. And then we go to Rufus's fam- favorite diner, and then Mateo and Rufus go to see Lydia and Penny, and Lydia figures out through their interactions that Mateo got the call. And then Mateo leaving them is so fucking sad. And Mateo breaks down about it. And I was, like, near tears. I was like, this fucking sucks. And then Rufus gives him this beautiful, impassioned speech about living, which was so beautiful. And I loved it. And I loved, like, the bond they formed and how they relied on each other and brought out the best in each other. But also, it really fucking sucked leaving Lydia because that's his best friend. And he wouldn't be there to see Penny grow up. But he was there to see all of the horrible parts of, like, Lydia and Lydia's boyfriend getting the death cast call and her sleeping through it because she was pregnant and like we it was just really sad like that last leaving because you think it's the last time you're gonna see them and then Mateo takes the picture of Rufus and so Rufus's end day as documented on his Instagram will be the only day in color on his insta feed which I think was a really beautiful thing to do because When people in your life die, you're always looking back at all the pictures you can find of them. You're always looking back at anything you have of them. And so the fact that he was doing something so beautiful as, like, a memorial to himself that everybody else would have for the rest of their lives was really amazing. And, like, even though I don't want this technology, like, because I don't want to know when I'm going to die, I just want to be able to live my monotonous, go to school, read a book, work on a podcast life. Like, it, it is really nice that it offers people this chance, the chance to do this kind of thing, you know, and, like, leave beautiful memorials and, like, little things that, like, really do help people who are left behind. And then we see Peck's point of view, and I was like, why the fuck are we getting Peck's point of view? Like, he's irrelevant. I don't like him. But he wasn't really irrelevant because he wants revenge, even though Rufus is dying. Like, talk about holding a grudge. Man's beat you up and then immediately got the death cast call. Like, why are you so in tent on getting revenge like you already called the cops on him and cut his goodbye short like what more do you fucking want and then he facetimes amy and learns that malcolm and to go are in jail 
And then fucking Mateo runs away thinking that Rufus is some kind of criminal, which, like, honestly is a fair reaction because you've only known him for a couple of hours. And so I was very happy that Rufus follows him and they find the Wonderland statues in Central Park. And at Wonderland, Rufus shares everything about his family and how he came out with bi on his family's end day and, like, how he's not a criminal and that, again, like, solidified their bond. And then they go to make a moment and they skydive, but it isn't really their thing and it's kind of... It, it, I like the line of it being like, it's not our thing, but it's not a waste. That was really beautiful. And Rufus uploads their first picture of them together, which was really cute. And then we get Lydia's point of view about Mateo. And it's so sad because she is doing all of the things you do when someone dies, but he's still alive. And it sucks. And like, I hate it. You know, like, I just, I hate it. And then, well, after Lydia's point of view, we have them finding the old abandoned phone booths um, and payphones, which I thought was a one-off. Again, beautiful the way it comes back, which we'll talk about later. And then we have Togo's point of view in jail with his neck cracking thing. And just, like, the way it was described, I, like, it gave me the heebie-jeebies, and I don't know why. And just, like, thinking about it now, I'm like... I know it's, like, a tick and he has to do it, but just, like, the way they described it and wrote it, I was like, oh, Lord, like, it just, I don't know, it rubbed me the wrong way, and, like, I I can't, I need to move on from that, because thinking about that is gross. And then we see Kendrick's point of view, and Kendrick is the guy that Mateo gave his shoes to one day, because Kendrick did not have shoes, and he was in a gang with Peck until Peck and Amy got together and then the gang kind of dissolved. And again, you think it's just a one-off or you think it's just like an interesting thing to add on because we see him having a connection with Mateo and also having a connection with Peck. And then we take the subway to the cemetery and all of the lights go out and they have this delay. And I love that Rufus is able to calm Mateo down by having him build with the Legos. And then he wakes him up from his nightwear, which is so cute and like, just the bonding they were doing was so adorable. And then we visit Mateo's mom, which he hasn't done in a very long time. And he sees his own grave being dug right there, which, like, fucking sucks. Like, I, I couldn't imagine, like, seeing people dig my own grave. Like, physically dig my own grave while I'm trying to do something on my last day. Like, it, no, I would lose my shit. And then Mateo brings Rufus to the pier so Rufus can finally, like, snap and let some things out. And also, like, get this weird closure, which was very nice. And then we have this guy named Vin's point of view. And he's a former wrestler who got the call and is determined that if he got the call, he's taking other people down with him. So he goes to the gym he used to train at with a bomb and blows it up. While this is happening, Rufus and Mateo go to the bookstore and they get the postcards and the blind date with the book. Which the blind date with the book is so cool. I've done a blind date with a book thing and I've not read the book yet. But it was very fun to, like, pick that and stuff, you know? Because I went into the bookstore, they are close enough to be thrown far away by the bomb. And obviously, like, thankfully, they survive. And after that, Mateo is brave enough to get on Rufus's bike, which is very cool. And then Delilah is there, too. And we think, like, oh, Delilah died because we see her, like, bleeding out or whatever, but she didn't actually die. And so she's like, oh, this is great. Like, it really was a prank because, like, I was right next to this bomb and I didn't die. And then we have Deirdre's point of view. And she is the girl that works at Make a Moment, and she didn't get the call, but she almost jumps off of her building and kills herself until she sees Rufus and Mateo, who she doesn't know is Rufus and Mateo. She just sees two guys riding a bike, but it's Rufus and Mateo, we know that, riding around below, and that stops her. And again, like, 
the interconnectedness of this because they just saw her at make a moment and she was like not in a good place with her life and she's considering jumping off a building and then their being there just their presence seeing them on the bike like allows her to continue living which is very cool and then Rufus and Mateo go to Athlea Park and they play gladiators on the monkey bars and Rufus gives his bike away which was a huge moment and like I love that he's picking up little things from Mateo because like that's such a Mateo thing to do and he did it and then them like swinging on the swings and we see Damien's point of view and he is the former gang leader of like Peck's gang and he wants revenge on Rufus too and I don't support this whole revenge on Rufus train like why the fuck are you guys like he's dying why do you need revenge like why are people like this like if I would be pissed yeah if somebody beat me up but then if I found out they got the call I'd be like okay whatever I can let it go because you're fucking dying like that's a lot worse than getting beat up but no you've got to go and get your fucking revenge and I hated how this plot was building and then Rufus and Matera riding the subway and playing Traveler. And while on the subway, we get Zoe's point of view. And Zoe is a girl that messaged Mateo on Last Friends. And it didn't work out with Zoe and Mateo, obviously. And she did find a last friend. And Zoe and her last friend find the blind date with a book that the boys leave on the subway. And Zoe's last friend, coincidentally, is the one who does the graffiti for last friend. And her graffiti is what Rufus saw that made him sign up for last friend that made him connect with Mateo. So again, the connections are insane, and I love it, and it's very cool, but it's also very insane that we're seeing that, and I love that we're seeing that, and I love that it's so connected, and it's very, very cool. And then we see Mateo call Lydia and get her to meet them at the travel thing, and I love that Lydia shows up and hugs Mateo and then immediately slaps him. It reminds me of Annabeth and Percy in Mark of Athena. Yeah, Mark of Athena, where she shows up and kisses him and then Judah flips him. Like, it was great. And then they do the, like, around the world in 80 minutes thing. And then they have the rainforest jump. And then that was really cool. And they, like, held hands and stuff. And it was amazing. And then we see Officer Andre's point of view. And he lets the Plutos go because he lost his partner. And he, like, gets the feeling of, like, losing somebody super close to them, which I love that. And I love that he was being super compassionate, especially because he was right and, like, Rufus and Mateo were not going to get into any trouble on their end day, and they're not deckers to be worried about, so I love that. And then we go to Quince, which is this club, and we get the FaceTime from the Plutos, and we upload the picture at Clint's. So the gang, who has a gun, we find out the gang is reconvened and they have a gun, and that's why Peck is part of the gang, because Peck has a gun. And they have been waiting for Rufus to upload a picture with a geotag so that they can find him, and they do. And so they decide to go and kill Rufus. And as soon as he took the picture, I was like, wait until you're leaving the club to upload it. Wait until you're leaving the club to upload it. Please, please, please wait until you leave the club. And he did it. And the foreshadowing that I thought was happening, like the stress I had over him uploading that damn picture, knowing what we knew, I was so mad. And then I was so happy because they go into the club and they sing American Pie together and I will never be able to look at that song the same again. I will always think of them. But they do. And then they kiss when they're backstage. And I was, like, crying literally over the fact that they were singing the song and then kissing. Like, I was in tears. It was so, like, beautiful and sad. It's Like, there was so many emotions. And then we see Howie, the actor who played the Scorpius Hawthorne thing, which are books Mateo was obsessed with. We see his point of view. And he is in an interview with Sandy and Delilah in a car. And he is on his way to see Lena 
because he got the call. And Lena is a girl from his past, like from his hometown that he loved. And her name is on one of the phone books or phone books, pay phones that Mateo and Rufus saw, like one of the abandoned ones. It was like, I miss you, Lena, like come back to me or something. And so I love that. Like, I love the little things that are so interconnected. It's so fun. And then because they're all in a car and because the gang did not get the call, they are deciding to be reckless and run through the road. And they're running through the road, causes the car to crash, which is how Howie dies. And it sucks because he's trying to go home to see, like, the girl that he loves one last time because he's dying. And then he dies because this fucking gang is being a fucking idiot. Like, I hated them. They were so terrible. Like, I hated them. And then Delilah, again, doesn't die. So she's, like, doubly convinced that, like, she's not going to die. We go back into Clint's, and Rufus and Mateo are dancing together. And Mateo comes out to Lydia, which is amazing. And then the gang shows up. And they don't die, thankfully. I was so scared. Because there were still plenty of pages left. And I was like, fuck, fuck fuck, they're gonna die, they're gonna die, this is not gonna be okay, the, like, because we already had so many other point of views, I was like, it's gonna be somebody else's point of view now, telling us the rest of the story, because they're both gonna die in this fucking gang shootout, but the guy who Mateo gave his shoes to recognizes Mateo, and because of that, they don't shoot, and Rufus and Mateo are able to make it out, and they run past the creator of Last Friends, which is really cool, and we get her point of view, and then we go back to Mateo's, and we jump on the bed, and we have Mateo singing to Rufus and they say I love you and they're like okay the bed is our safe space and we're gonna stay on the bed and Mateo gets up to make them tea and his fucking stove that doesn't work kills him and Rufus has to pull his body out and then he's trying to lie to the EMTs and he's like he didn't get the call like can you please help him but obviously he's already dead at this point and he's so fucking mad because it's such a Mateo thing to do to, like, try and be nice and make them tea. But they, like, Mateo went back on his word because they were going to stay on the bed and be safe together. And then he has to tell Lydia. And so he calls Lydia and just tells her how great Mateo was. And it was all really sad. And then Delilah calls her ex-fiance from the diner across the way from Althea Park. And we learn that it wasn't a prank and she's actually dying. And she wasted the whole day. And so her fiance's like, okay, I'm going to come get you and, like, be with you, her ex-fiance, whatever. And then Rufus goes to Mateo's dad and writes him the note and talks to Mateo's dad about how amazing Mateo was. And, like, I love Rufus for doing this, but I hated it because it was so sad. And then the last thing is Rufus crossing the road without Mateo's arm to hold him back. And Victor is speeding to get to Delilah before she dies. And kills Rufus, obviously. Like, we don't see it, but that's what's implied by the fact that he's crossing the street without Mateo. And there's somebody speeding down the road to get to somebody else. And it just... Ay, 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 ay. Like, I was very sad. There were so many tears with this book. And the character map at the back was really cool. My book came with a character map. And there was all these, like, descriptions and ways they were connected and stuff. And so... To wrap up this episode, it was so, so good, but so, so sad. And, like, yes, the title does say what's going to happen, and they do both die at the end, but the story was so good, and the characters were so good, and you get so invested that it doesn't even matter that you know they're dying because you still cry and you still get super sad about it. And we see so many people's point of views and how they're interconnected and how these little intricacies, like, make up the story. It's so cool and so beautiful and, like, 
he should write a mystery novel because it would be so cool to see how, like, he, he can do it. He has the ability to write a mystery novel, and a damn good one at that, too, with the way all these things connected. This felt a little like a mystery novel because, obviously, you know that they're going to die, but you don't know how, you don't know why, and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to kill them. Obviously, the red herring is the gang, and you think that the gang is going to be the end of at least Rufus, but it's not. And the thing that came up at the very beginning, because Delilah's point of view was very early on, actually ends up being one of the things that kills one of them. And so it just, like, it's very interesting. And it's also, like, the premise of this brings up the whole fate versus free will debate. Because you get the call, and then you make a bunch of choices that in the end result in you dying. So your fate is death, but the choices that you make make your fate. You know what I mean? Like, Because would you make these same choices if you didn't know you were dying, right? Because one could argue that even though Deathcast is able to predict when people are going to die, they're only doing that because people make choices that lead to them dying when they know they're going to die. I mean, it is also, like, maybe it's not because maybe Rufus extended his life just a little bit because he was there with Mateo and he wouldn't have been, you know. But then again, like, because... Because, okay, if Rufus didn't get the call, he wouldn't have been with Mateo. And so the gang would have wanted to get revenge. And they more than likely would have been able to get revenge. So he still would have ended up dead. And maybe the stove still would have killed Mateo. So maybe it is just fate. But it could also be free will. Like, it's a very interesting debate um, when you think about that. And, like, would you make the same choices without knowing you were dying? Probably not obviously, because you don't know you're dying and you're not trying to live your last day the fullest. And so it's just this really interesting concept and it would be cool to talk about in a group that had read the book and like discuss fate versus free will and discuss how little things, very minor things, make huge impacts in the lives of others. And it was an amazing read because you think you're coming in to read about these two people's stories and you are but you also are learning about and reading about fate versus free will and the interconnectedness of the world and little things and big things and like it just it's really cool and amazing and so interesting and sad and I cried so much and I swear to god if Deathcast ever becomes a thing in real life I'm going to hide because I don't want to know when I'm gonna die and yeah I have been Maya Ghosh and this has been my take on They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera thanks for listening So we're kind of a one-woman show here at My Take, so the credits are not going to be very long. This podcast is produced and edited um, by me. I do all of my own social media. The only person I really have to thank is one of my great friends, Paris, who did the music that is in the intro and that you're listening to now. So thank you, Paris, and thank you all for listening. You can reach me at underscore My Take on Twitter and Instagram. And please leave a rate or review wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps a ton. So yeah, thanks for listening.